anywhere doing anything. But you're hanging out with us. And we appreciate that. So wherever you're listening and however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in tacos, S as in sangria, M as in margaritas. Kennedy Miller. Yes, Alex. What was that? That was real weak, Kennedy. Let's try that again. Kennedy Miller. Yes, Alex. How you doing, my man? Not going to lie, I'm a little sad. A little sad? What? What's wrong? <clears throat> do you really? Do I really have to say it? I mean, I don't know what could be going on, Kennedy. But it's a new year, you know, twenty twenty, new decade. You know, I mean, World War Three may be about to start here pretty soon. But uh, I'm not sure that that's what got you down. Oh, hold on! I know, I know. It's those Dallas Cowboys, isn't it? Unfortunately, yes. So, you know, Kennedy, the Cowboys blew it. Like, I going into the year, I told you they would. I told you, Kennedy Miller, when the Dallas Cowboys have expectations, they don't know how to act. They are better. Why are the Dallas Cowboys great till they got to be great? But you know what I'm going to do, Kennedy? Because this is a safe space for you to, you know, vent your frustrations and your feelings. I, I'm going to hand you the floor, Kennedy. Just speak your mind about the Cowboys. Going on ahead. The floor is yours. To understand my frustration, you have to understand where this all originated from. I became a Dallas Cowboys fan, I want to say in the year of 2006, so I was nine years old. Recently just got my first Madden game, Madden 2006. Donovan McNabb was on the cover. And um, I didn't really know much about football before then. That was the only team I played with, the Philadelphia Eagles. I threw one – I had one – play that I ran the entire time I just threw like a streak to Terrell Owens and he at that time was my favorite player following year Terrell Owens leaves and joins the Dallas Cowboys I said do I should I be a Cowboys fan come to find out that's all my father has ever been that's all my grandfather has ever been so I said see your legacy it's in my blood and that's what I was told to be a Cowboys fan because it's in my blood. These following 13 years going on now have been some of the most excruciating, stressful, disappointing moments of my life. I've seen multiple eight and eight years. I've seen a 12 and four year with a catch that was a catch that wasn't called a catch. I've seen a failure in Los Angeles last year with a leading rusher in the NFL only having 30 yards. I've seen a broken collarbone in the season. Messed up back. Six-game suspension. Career game for Adrian Claiborne. Oh, I forgot. You forgot one thing. Pac-Man Jones fighting his security guard. Pac-Man Jones fighting the security guard. Tony Romo messing up the field goal attempt against the Seahawks. It's been rough, Mr. Goodwin. I'm not going to lie to you. And after that loss to the Eagles, I was ready to jump off this ship. I was done with them. If they did you? Not, done. If they did not fire that mediocre Jason Garrett, I was going to come on this show and we were going to have to use a lot of bleep buttons because I was going to let it fly. We are going to be taking off the airwaves because it was about to get explicit. <laughs> it was going to get really bad because you think – of the players that have come through that organization in these 13 years. Tony Romo, DeMarco Murray, Ezekiel Elliott, Dez Bryant, Amari Cooper now, DeMarcus Ware, Roy Williams to name a few. Both Roy Williams. Both Roy Williams. Pac-Man Jones. Pac-Man Jones. We don't have an NFC championship game on our resume this century. This millennium. This millennium. Alex, from the last time we went to a Super Bowl till now, it's only three teams in the NFC that have not made it to an NFC championship game. It's us, the Redskins, and the Lions. That is what our 
beautiful franchise has been subjected to the Redskins and the Lions. I mean, you've got to be shitting me, Alex. That's what you. I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and if they did, how many times are they going to meet with him, Alex, before they're going to fire him? They had like five meetings. How many times are they going to meet with him before they're going to fire him? Because here's what I want to know. If you didn't extend him after we went, what, what we went, 10 and 6 last year? If you didn't extend him after we went 10 and 6, won a first-round game, what, what, why are you not going to fire him after we go 8-8 eight eight the next year? We lost to the Jets. The Jets. The Jets. We lost to the Bears. Mitch Trubisky looked like a all pro. Are you kidding me? He was pulling off on y'all. Are you kidding me? Alex, I to think that we started off the season three and zero and finished eight and eight. I can't fathom it. I can't. We got whooped by the Bills on Thanksgiving. Bills are a solid team. Bills are a pretty good team. Yeah. But I mean, we had the most either current or former pro bowlers on a roster this year. And we failed to make the playoffs in a division where the winner went nine and seven. I was going to say that winner that went nine and seven. It was Carson Wentz. Some dude was named Detroit Scott, Cleveland Scott. What's his name? I don't know. Boston. Boston Scott. Okay. Boston Scott and uh, Greg Greg Ward. Ward. And we lost to Greg Ward. Who plays receiver now? Who plays receiver now? So it, you know what I was going to ask you, Kennedy? You had a 5,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, two 1,000-yard receivers, and you only won eight ball games. Now, Kennedy, I do want to ask you this. Now, do you remember – I wish I had the tape pulled up. Do you remember in the map, like August, we were talking about, you know, previewing the season, and I told you that when you expect the Dallas Cowboys to be reasonably good, you know, that's a fair expectation – that they don't meet it, right? And that's what it's been historically through these last 13, 14 years, has it not, Kennedy? Sure. That was real weak. <laughs> so why this year did you expect something different? And Jason Garrett was still employed. Why, Kennedy? Why? You know what, Kennedy? You know what you need to do? You need to have that one last cry. One last cry, Kennedy Miller, before you leave it all behind. I'm tired of this. You sick and tired of being sick and tired? I, I, I am tired of this Jason Garrett Ram Ball Club clapping every week like there's nothing wrong, no motivation whatsoever. He's got to go. I understand they look at him as a, as a son, and he's been with the organization for like 20-plus years, over half his life. Get him out of here. Get him out of here, please. And get me somebody that's competent, that can run a talented football club, that can lead us back to NFC championship games and Super Bowl games. Because there's no way that the Eagles should be in the playoffs right now hosting Seattle this weekend. You know the difference is? Good coaching. Because, like, let's think about this, Kennedy. If Doug Peterson was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys this year, how many games did the Cowboys win? Probably 10, 11. 12. 12. If Jason Garrett's the coach of the Eagles, how many games do they win? Three. Jesus. You, you see my point there? If Mike Tomlin was the coach of the Cowboys, how many games do the Cowboys win? 12. If Andy Reid was the coach of the Cowboys, how many games do they win? 13. If, Har- if John Harbaugh was the coach <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys. How many games would you win? 13. A lot of this is coaching. Like, a good majority of it, I would say this year, especially as coaching, because previously I've always made the point that a Jason Garrett-led football team, like, he needs everything to break right for this to go well, right? When it went well in 2014, when they went 13-3, and three, I believe, it was 12-4. and four. It was uh, Romo and DeMarco yeah, Murray. Like 12-4. Went 12-4, and four, right? Everything broke, right? Everybody was healthy. Everything was just rolling, right? Um, in 2016, no, Romo breaks his neck. But, you know, Dak comes in. They can run the ball. And other than the Romo injury, they were able to be fairly healthy and everything rolled, right? In 17, Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended. They have some issues with, the, issues with the offensive line. Jason Garrett had no plan B, right? Yes. This year, everybody was healthy. 
Because there were no suspensions. There were no just, just issues of drama of the like. They would keep people out of the lineup. Everything broke right for Jason Garrett, and he still couldn't get it done. Like, I, I can't think of anything, like, you, you can't point to, well, this person was hurt, or well, that person was hurt, or anything like that. It was perfect for him. The job did not get done. End of the day. What is your line? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I used to have a cowboy bed sheet. It was a mattress. I mean, it just had cowboys written all over. You know where it is now? In the trash? In the trash. In the god doggone trash. Because Jason Garrett is the one constant that has been here through all these excruciating years. And here's the thing. He is, I want to say it's five coaches, well, before he got fired. He was one of five coaches to be on one team that long and the only one of those five to have not made a Super Bowl appearance. So why are you here? What are you bringing to the table? What is Jason Garrett's expertise? Please tell me. I would say, please clapping. tell me. Other than clapping. See, a defensive coach. Nick Saban was a DB. He coaches DBs. Bill Belichick was a defense coordinator. What in God's name is Jason Garrett? Offensive guru? Is that it? <laughs> because before this year, we, our offense was bland. We Couldn't brought in Kellen Moore. Dak Prescott throws 5,000 yards. Zeke runs 4,000. Could it be Jason Garrett? Maybe. But I'm inclined to believe that those six out of these seven years is what Jason Garrett was really about. Subpar. Medium. <laughs> Give him an operations job. Let him go get coffee if, since you love him so much. But do not make this man the head coach of any organization if you expect to win. He can't coach the staff of Cobras? No. They'll chew him out. He won't be ready. That's what I said. Those parents be fighting him in oh, the parking yeah, they'll lot. Kill <laughs> they'll kill him. Man, I'm you're in rare form today. Listen, you better be lucky your mother's here. That's all I'm going to say. Because this, this this, was about to go way worse. And, and you better be lucky last night he got fired. Because if I had to come in here today and Jason Gary was still the head coach of these Dallas Cowboys, all hell would have broken loose. You think it was World War Three over there. <laughs> It's gonna be World War Three in here <laughs> because I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, I, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Just leave, then, Kennedy. Leave. We gotta leave. Charles has done me wrong too many times. I'm Helen. I'm Helen. He got thrown on your anniversary. Yeah. So, so what you gonna do? Push him in the tub? Let him almost let him drown? Mm-hmm. Stop blowing those bubbles, Charles. Feed him, they say. Clothe him. What about me? <laughs> I was gonna say, Kenny. At least, at least, the Cowboys told Jason Garrett, "Hey, man, when you live in America, it's a man's world," and he had to get up off of that thing. <laughs> Jam. <laughs> get on out of here, Jason Garrett. You know that was good. <laughs> Living in America. <sighs> you know what? We gotta go to break. Make sure you, you you feeling better? A little bit. I'm glad I got a, got that off my chest. All right. We're gonna let Kennedy Miller step outside, get himself some air, get him some water, do some deep Thank breaths. You. But when we come back, we're gonna do the report card segment, Kennedy. We haven't done this in a while. Okay. Go hand out some A's, some B's, some C's, some D's, and Kennedy's gonna find somebody to give an F to. I think I already got my F. But go ahead. This is the game plan podcast. We will be. Right back. Before we get back to the show, we have to let you guys know about our sponsor, Velvet Noir BC. Velvet Noir Beard Care Products. We can get yourself any three products for $33. Again, that's any three products for $33. That's any of the scented beard oils, the beard co-wash, and the beard balm. Again, any three products for $33. And also, for listeners of this podcast, we have a good deal for you. You will get free standard shipping. If you use the promo code GPTSM, and that's free standard shipping, if you use the promo code GPTSM on your next order. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Talk to him. There's been anything positive in the last couple of weeks. While well, being a Cowboys fan, it's that I've 
gotten this Velvet Noir BC beer care. I'm on my second package, and it, it's doing my beard wonders. Um, besides those cowboys, this Velvet Noir BC is really top two and not two out of the things that I care about most now. So check it out, Velvet Noir BC. Top two and not two. Now back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. It's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. T is in Taco Fall. S is in Sam Shields. M as in Marvin Bagley Jr. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, underscore Kennedy. Send the former North Carolina basketball player Kennedy Meeks and Mr. Kennedy Kennedy Miller underscore. All right, all right. You you, you heard that, that that smooth those smooth jams right there, Kennedy. That was that one last cry by Brown McKnight. That was just for you. Thank you. One uh, last cry, Kennedy. Just leave it all behind. You got to put that Lombardi Trophy out of your mind <laughs> for the very last time. Good one, Alex. Stop living a lie. I'm just trying to help you out, man. I'm just. I'm trying to be there for you. That's all I'm trying to do. I appreciate that. I don't feel appreciated right now. Yeah. Well, I don't feel appreciated by supporting a team that went eight and eight for the fifth. Well, not fifth straight, but fifth time in my life. Go ahead. So, moving on to the report card segment. Okay. Where we hand out some grades. You know, my parents are professors and and the like. You know, sometimes they can be a little bit a little bit lenient. Other times, real tough. We're going to do some grades. Let's see how tough Kennedy Miller is this week. Oh, I, I, I'm not happy. I'm not feeling lenient. You know, go ahead. You're not feeling no extra credit for anybody. No. We're going to start off with the Philadelphia Eagles. Finished the year 9-7. and seven. Lost Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Darren Sproles, left tackle Jason Peters, Lane Johnson. You know, the list goes on and on. Nelson Aguilar, even though he can't catch a cold, but, you know. They ended up out there with Greg Ward and Boston Scott, and they finished nine and seven and won the division. Kennedy, how you gonna grade them? Let's see. I can't give a failing grade to a team that made the playoffs, no matter how much they stumbled in. But they get a C. They had a lot of injuries. Yeah, that's no excuse for you losing to the Dolphins down the stretch. It's also a fact to point out that they played the easiest schedule down the stretch of any team. I feel some hateration. <laughs> I, I, I'm just stating a fact. It was ranked as the easiest schedule down the stretch. I want to say the last six or seven games to slide into the playoffs. So, congrats to Carson Wentz and Greg Ward and Brooklyn Scott, Boston Scott. Excuse me. You know what you sound like? What do I you sound, sound like? like when your ex gets married and look, and you're still friends with her mom and they send you a card and mm-hmm. you're like, this, yeah, congratulations. I yeah. hope she's happy. Yeah, I hope Russell Wilson just comes in and destroys them and has a field day in Philly. I'm going to give the Philadelphia Eagles a B plus. Given what Carson Wentz had to deal with, didn't have y'all, didn't have most of your starters, right? He's out there. <laughs> We receivers from the, I would say from the G League, but the NFL don't have a G League. Had these dudes from the practice squad and off the street. J.J. Ortega Whiteside sound like somebody who should be working at Century Twenty One, and they won nine ball games. Although they did lose to the Dolphins, they righted the ship. <laughs> it won out. It made the playoffs, and for that, I got to give Doug Peterson some credit. They get they get a B plus from me. Moving on. Jameis Winston The first player to go 30 for 30 in NFL history 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, 5,000 yards I, I'll, I'll let you gather your thoughts for a second Okay Jameis Winston is the best Bad quarterback I've ever seen Because he he does things you're like Oh my god, he's great Then he does some other things Two snaps later like Oh my god, he's so bad and there's just so much polarity with Jameis Winston. I, I don't even know what to give him at this point. Like, I can't give him an F, you know, because he wasn't. He, you know, he he didn't do you know fifty five level work, but he didn't do ninety five level work either. So I, 
<clears throat> C minus. James gonna get a seventy two, and that's really the best I can do for him. Yeah, I mean you gotta give him like a C because it's like that student that turns in a paper and you're like, okay, you gotta be cheating. Like who who wrote this? Like who who wrote this essay? Because your last one was awful. <laughs> it was horrendous. You're just like I'm, I'm just writing. It's just me. And it's like, Jameis, what? When are you going to find the right balance here? Like, I mean, clearly you're on balance 30 and 30. But, I mean, Jesus, Jameis. You cut that interceptions. First quarterback ever to, to end your season was a pick six. You know what's even worse about it? Is that coming out of college, Jameis' biggest issue was turnovers. Yo, he gives the ball to the other team way too much. Right. And as a professional, it's been... This same issue, like Jameis has thrown them out of so many ball games. The thing is, they won seven ball games been playing right. like this. I mean, they had a chance to make the playoffs come down to the la- coming down to the last two weeks of the season, like, and you know, Bruce Arians came in. He's like quarterback whisperers, like, well, if Bruce Arians can't fix you, nobody can fix you. And then Bruce Arians comes out, and like, oh, he's nearsighted. He can't see the scoreboard. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> He's been nearsighted. What? Hold on. Nobody knew James Winston was nearsighted this whole time. First of all, you don't have enough money to get you LASIK. Second of all, somebody said, put Eric Dickinson's goggles on. He's going to be able to see. <laughs> but, I mean, Jesus. So, and, and James had, like, some statement at the end of the year. is like, if I, eliminate, if I eliminate those turnovers, I'm the best. Well, I mean, yeah, because you had 30 picks. <laughs> Jesus. If he throws... 13 interceptions. They're making the playoffs. If he throws 15, hell, if Jameis Winston throws 20 interceptions, they make the like, playoffs. That makes no sense to me. Like he he looks like the black Brett Favre. I think I think there's something to that, but I like, think Brett's highs were higher than Jameis's. True. But I see what you're saying. But though. this is I would say this is the first time he's actually had like a really good offensive coach that you can pair with. And there were some throws that were made this year where it was Brett Favre S like I'm, I have superior arm talent. This wasn't the best decision, but since I have this talent, I'm going to just throw it. And it, it looks incredible when it happens. And then there, there are the lows where it's like, what in God's name were you thinking, Jameis? What are you doing? You know what the, bad, you know the, you know the worst thing about, the, about him is? They aren't going to be able to get a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. They're stuck with him. So you, so you would pay him? You almost have no choice. Because think about it like this. So the teams, there's like three or four tiers of quarterback in my opinion. There's those those greats, you know, the great quarterbacks. There's the very, good, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Those are those guys that are middle tier. And the, the, then the, there are those dudes that are bad, right? Teams that have great and very, very good quarterbacks, keep theirs, right? Teams that are middle, they have middle tier quarterbacks, they have to keep theirs too because you won't get a – great quarterback or a very good quarterback so you're only going to go down from there right and so a guy with think about it with tampa bay where are they going to find a better quarterback i mean the only place would be in the draft but i mean like and the only thing in next year but i'm like that's a group built to win now right so with a group built to win now you we ain't got time for we're gonna wait and see we gotta develop a guy like no this window is now and they're stuck with Jameis. Like, who, who is, who is out there other than outside of Teddy Bridgewater, or potentially Cam Newton? Yeah, I was about to say. But that. is Cam healthy? And whoever the new coach is going to be in Carolina, are they going to be willing to cut bait with Cam? And with Cam, it's the same thing. In Carolina, Kyle Allen isn't very good. Will Greer didn't appear to be very good. Mm-mm. They're going to be. They're keeping Cam. I would assume. So I would hope so. That's the thing with Jameis Winston. Moving on, the Miami Dolphins. They started off looking like the worst team, like they're going to be the worst team in NFL history. They actually won five ball games, beat the Patriots, kept them from having home field. You know, played the Eagles really tough. Beat them. Oh, they did beat the Eagles. I'm beat sorry. them. Showed I'm sorry. who they really were. I mean, the Jets showed the Cowboys who they really were too. So, too soon. Bunch of. Go ahead. So Kennedy. Give the Dolphins a grade. Why B don't plus. Listen, coming into this year, nobody expected much out of the Dolphins. Before the season started, they traded three of their best players. 
Laramie Tunzel, Kenny Stills. Um, didn't they trade uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and Minka Fitzpatrick after the first week of the season? So it's like, okay, you're stripping this new coach, one of the only three black coaches in the NFL, by the way, stripping this new black coach of all of his talent that was bare as it was. And then you're saying, oh, well, I mean, we're tanking, but you can't really tank because that's not what the NFL does, supposedly. So he comes out and they get obliterated the first couple of games. And then, I mean, like you said, they beat two playoff teams. They beat the the Eagles and the and the Patriots. There's nothing really much I can say about it besides like I mean, that guy should he should definitely be he should stick around until they have a competing roster to see how good of a coach he actually is with talent. I'll say this. I ain't even going front. They got to give Brian Flores a raise. Right. It, it's like it's like when uh when Philadelphia went through the process with Brett Brown. Now, we're not saying that Brett Brown is no Greg Popovich, but you're compiling 300 losses on your career coaching record. At some point, when we become good, we have to at least give you, you a you chance did. with some talent because you endured this tragedy you were subjected that, we, that, to yeah, this. that we went through. And that should be the same for Brian Flores. Man, I think, honestly, like this, like given Brian Flores has had to deal with this year, with them, you know, just ripping it down to the bare Bones, right? right? Just gutting it all. Going five and eleven with this group is a miracle, right. because they're looking at that roster. There, there isn't five wins there. Like if we just run through some of these names on these roster, outside of Christian Wilkins from uh, Clemson and Ryan Fitzpatrick, how many people do you recognize? Um, ever heard of Patrick Laird? No, sir. Mac Hollins, anybody? No, sir. Clive Walford? I've heard of Clive. <laughs> I've never Only because I play Madden. Uh, Calvin Munson? No. Jamarcus Webb? No. They've got Taco Charlton. They do have Taco Charlton. I forgot about that. <laughs> Bust. Um, Tay Hayes? No. That. That's a first and last name? Yeah. Oh, no. He won with these guys. He won with this. Wow. And he's going to have, what, like two first-round picks? Three three. first-round picks? Got three. So it's like, okay, if if I can at least not get three superstars but get three starters... We, like like three the like the Raiders did this past year. They got they didn't get three superstars, but Josh Jacobs was a quality starter. Yeah. Um, Cleveland Farrell was a quality starter, and then they got some. Oh, the safety who was pretty good, but then he got was, hurt. Got out for the year. Went out for the year. Jonathan Abram. So if they can follow that model in terms of just filling holes, serious gaps, serious gaps along the way, they'll be a solid team. And the AFC East is getting a lot better. I think it's getting better. I think the Patriots are going down. I think the Jets, which started off by beating us, <laughs> sucks, bitch. <laughs> they won like six of the last seven games. They finished seven and nine. A lot of people had them finishing nine and seven. So you factor in if Sam doesn't start kissing all the white women, get the mono, then, you know, maybe. Like, can they find out what door, what, what university was hanging out? Was he hanging out at Syracuse, uh, yeah, he's SUNY be, Court? He's be like, where was he hanging going? out? So if he doesn't get the mono and they start off like 0-3, 0-4, that could easily be a 9-7. and The Bills are making the playoffs. They're trying to get their first win of the century. And, um, you know, the Dolphins 5-11 and have a good draft. Maybe you see like a 7-9 and next year with some promise. That's how Sam got that mono. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's how Sam got that mono. Shout out to my daddy. Oh, man. All right, moving on, moving on to Kenny Miller, your Dallas Cowboy. F. You couldn't even let me finish the intro. F. <laughs> F for fuck. <laughs> F. For fools, <laughs> F F plus F minus, whichever is the lowest one you get. You start three and zero. How do you finish eight and eight? You lose to the Jets. You lose to the Bears. You lose to the Eagles. With Cleveland Scott, 
with Boston, Brooklyn, whatever his name is. You lose to the Eagles. You lose to the Bills on Thanksgiving. You get embarrassed. Okay. You lose to the Saints. You don't score a touchdown. Uh huh. I just. <sighs> for most of the year, that about the Vikings. You lose to the Vikings. For most of the year, you hadn't beat a playoff team. They didn't beat a playoff team the whole year. They did not. The only team they beat with a winning record, I believe, was the Rams. And the Rams yeah. were nine, third in their division. Yeah. So you did not beat a playoff team all year. Yet you had the most current or former Pro Bowlers on one roster in the league. Failure. You failed. You failed to live up to your expectations. It's a kid coming in your class. Oh, he was an AP last year. He was in a, all the other teachers talking about, him. oh, this is a great kid. He's going to do great work in your class. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And he comes in and he just bombs it. Doesn't do his homework. Doesn't turn, missing assignments everywhere. Sleeping in class. Di- sleeping in class. Didn't even show up for the final exam. Didn't even make it. Bunch of wussies. You look like you need a drink. Listen, I had to stop. I was, go- <laughs> <laughs> I was going overboard, Alex. <laughs> was Crown Pizza Rock? What? That loss sent me, sent me over the ledge. <laughs> you know, on the shows when they <laughs> they catch them in the bar and the facial hair just got gone everywhere. And <laughs> the <laughs> light <laughs> the light is dark in there. They, <laughs> <laughs> you all right? they grumbling <laughs> when the light turned on. <laughs> Crying in the beer. Uh, got food in the crumbs and everything. That was me. Jesus. Let's move on now. I think Kenny Miller said it all. Me. F. You know what? Once again, I feel like it's time to hit the break. And once again, Kenny Miller needs to go step outside and get some air. You look like you're about to cry. You look like your, te- your eyes are welling up, sir. Are you all right? Let's go to break. Let's go to break. All right. We'll be right back. This is the Game Plan Podcast. Don't go too far. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter, Alex Goodwin TSM. T as in Tom Brady. S as in Saquon Barkley. M as in Matt Patricia. Follow the show on Twitter at Game Plan T-S-M. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, underscore Kennedy, as in the former President John F. And the former wrestler, Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy Miller underscore. All right. All right. Remember, everybody, Game Plan Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Velvet Noir BC. Velvet Noir Beard Care Products. Get yourself any three products for $33. Again, that's any three products for $33. Also, fellas, remember, use the promo code GPTSM for free standard shipping on your next order. Velvet Noir BC, top two. Not two. All right. All right. Let's keep it moving. Black Monday in the NFL has passed. Coaches have been fired. and There are currently four vacancies. I think there will eventually be five. Depending on if Bill O'Brien can win a playoff game, I don't think he can win a playoff game. So he's probably going to be out of a job here pretty soon. So there are currently four NFL head coaching vacancies. We're going to run through them. So who we think the best candidate for the job is. So let's get this thing rolling. New York Giants. Kennedy Miller, who do you have? As in like a... Best candidate for the job. Oh, man. I... I don't really have a name in particular, but I do think they should go after an offensive-minded coach. I think when your last two picks have been a quarterback and running back, I think it's unfair to go with a defensive-minded coach, especially with a young quarterback who uh, Daniel Jones surprised a lot of people, but I think still has some ways to go in terms of development and and being a solid quarterback in the NFL. Um, I think they have to go like an offensive mind, so looking at an O.C., I don't know if they're looking at Josh McDaniels, but I I think that should be a guy that they look at. Somebody that's just going to uh, make that offense in New York an explosive offense because when you look at the other side and you've got 
Sam Darnold, who played better down the stretch, and, and Le'Veon Bell over there, you have to uh, bring some validity to, okay, well, this is why we passed it on Sam Darnold to get what ended up being Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. I'm going to agree with you there. I think uh, Josh McDaniels wouldn't be a bad pick there. Because, you know, coming from that Patriots pedigree, you know, you've been he's been in a stable organization. He kind of knows how things are run. I think the biggest issue Josh McDaniels had in that first run as a head coach was, like, he wasn't very good with, like, people. Right? Yeah. And now, albeit Belichick assistants have not done very well. There's only been, I want to say, maybe one successful Belichick disciple that's... It's, it's, it's rough. I when, think when Bill O'Brien might be your best successor. Or Mike Vrabel. Or Mike... Or Mike Vrabel, especially considering how he might do this weekend. Um, yeah, it, it's not really that good of a list. So, but I think uh, as far as just offense, if you want somebody to like get Daniel Jones going, right, and just get that going in the right direction, Daniel Jones might be. Excuse me, Josh McDaniels might mm-hmm. be a good place to look. Or even if you do hire a, a, like a, a defensive-minded coach, they have to get an offensive coordinator. Yes. Who is really, really like just right. think about somebody like Jay Gruden. We have seen Jay Gruden get Kirk Cousins paid. We have seen Jay Gruden get Andy Dalton paid. Mm-hmm. Like, so even if you do decide to go with a defensive guy like Chris Richard, who was with the Cowboys, and then, you know, maybe hire Jay Gruden as your OC or right. Or maybe as a head coach for the New York Giants, quarterback whisperer, avowed quarterback whisperer from everybody, Jim Caldwell. Yeah, Matt Stafford had his the best years of his career under Jim Caldwell. Uh, Peyton Manning will tell you Jim Caldwell is the man. I mean, he's right now he's in I want to say Miami this year. He was uh, Brian Flores' associate head coach, but Caldwell is a guy I would call. You think he? You think he'll work with the New York media, or do you think it'd be like oh he's a quiet you know hard nosed type I, of guy? I think as far as some coaches in New York media because we didn't really think of Pat Shermer as, you know, being able to right. deal with the New York media or Ben McAdoo as being able to deal with the New York media. Really, Tom Coughlin to that matter, right? Because I just think they're kind of – Yeah. I think for coaches, for some coaches, that's more of a player's thing. I think the New York media for coaches can be a thing if you play into it. Rex Ryan played into it a ton. We don't really see Adam Gase playing into it, you know, or constantly yeah. giving sound bites. So I think well, he should be all right. Adam Gase might be playing into cocaine every now and then, so – that's neither here nor there. Go ahead. <laughs> Moving on to the next job opening. The Cleveland Browns. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why I think they should hire. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's the guy for this job. Because we've seen what, one, we've seen what Andy Reach tree. Yes. The coaches he's been able to produce, what they've been able to do. Offensively, like all of them. Our great offensive minds, Frank Reich in Indianapolis, Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson Matt, Nagy. Matt Nagy, and Andy Reid hadn't struck out yet. And so with a guy like Bienemy, if we've seen what he's done this year, you know, when they don't have a great running back this year, at times when they had Ke- Travis Kelsey was out or Tyreek Hill was out or Sammy Watkins was out, they were going out there with just some dudes, and they were still able to make it work. If we think about what they have in Cleveland – Odell Beckman, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, second leading rusher in the NFL. Uh, Kareem Hunt may or may not be back. I don't think anybody's knocking down Kareem Hunt's door, right? But even those two receivers in Nick Chubb and David Njoku, that's enough to work with. Yeah. Draft a few offensive linemen, but the key thing is you have to find somebody to get Baker Mayfield going in the right direction. Yeah. And scheme up some things to hide Baker Mayfield's deficiencies. And really maximize his strengths, and I think that's if one thing Andy Reid guys know how to do is maximize what their play, what their quarterbacks do well. So I think Eric Bieniemy is a guy for the job. Um, you know, I I'm you know tending toward leaning in that right in that direction that you just talked about. I think for Cleveland, they have to really tread lightly in this because they don't have a head coach or a GM. So it's going to be key that this has to work out. Because, especially for Baker Mayfield's sake, because he doesn't have that cushion anymore where this is a GM that, you know, in. you know, it was kind of like an unpopular pick to pick Baker Mayfield at number one. Yeah. And so all of the staff that the GM that selected you, you had your first head coach who 
you know, may or may not have fully supported you and Hugh Jackson, who got fired, and then the head coach that you kind of wanted that was your quarterback coach. He's now gone. So now you have nobody in that front office that was on board with getting you. So now whoever they select as their GM and whoever they select as their head coach, this thing has to go right. And I do think that in the Kansas City offensive coordinator, I think that should be an option because, like you said, Andy Reid has never struck out. And you look at the trend these past couple of years. You get a quarterback that's a young quarterback. He's been struggling. You pair him with a, a young, innovative coach. And then we've seen they had good numbers. Carson Wentz his first year with Doug Peterson. Jared Goff with Sean McVay. Jimmy Garoppolo now with Kyle Shanahan. Um, and, and so Baker Mayfield needs this. And he also needs somebody that's going to be the, like, as a coach, be the face of the franchise. Like, Baker Mayfield has been tasked in Cleveland with not only being the quarterback and the leader, but also being the face of the franchise. And so we know that he's not mature. Yeah, we know he's not (laughs) fully mature, but it's like, okay, he doesn't have to do all this. Like, in in Seattle, Russell Wilson has Pete Carroll. Tom Brady has Bill Belichick. Not saying he needs an all-time great coach, but somebody that can stand in the face of the media and say, I am also the face of this franchise. Moving on to Carolina. So they were the first firing of the NFL season. Ron Rivera's actually landed on the seat and found himself another job. You almost never I was about to say side but say side note, you almost never see a black or brown head coach get fired like from one spot, then almost immediately after the season's over, that he has a job by Tuesday. Right. Like he got a job really quickly. Like as for as a minority I'm glad, happy for Ron Rivera. Because most minority coaches that get fired, they never get a second opportunity. So, shout out to him. But as far as Carolina goes, I think somebody, McDaniels, going to mention Josh McDaniels again. Matt Rule is going to interview for this job. He wouldn't be a bad guy for this job, right? But I think they need to find somebody that can get the most out of, like, what they have. Like, I would say on both sides of the football. Because there was some slippage on both sides there. Yeah. And mainly offensively. Once folks got some tape on Kyle Allen, you kind of realize, all right, this dude is extremely limited, and McCaffrey is the offense. Yeah. So, coach-wise, it's a little bit more of a dicey situation because, like, quarterback-wise, Cam, is he or is he not healthy? Will he or will he not be what he once was? Because if Cam's healthy, Cam's a very, very good NFL quarterback. And with a guy like McCaffrey next to him, he won 1,000 and 1,000 this year. They can make some noise. So I would say it's almost like they can go They can go with a, a really strong defensive coach yeah, or, or offensive-minded guy, like in the ilk of Eric Bieniemy or some of uh, Kyle Shanahan's assistants. They can go those different – Mike McCarthy, right? Like they can yes. go a few different ways with that, and none of them would necessarily be a bad fit because they've got to win now rosters. They just have to – if Cam's healthy, this team can win. That team would have won 11, 12 games with a healthy Cam this year. Yeah, that that should be up there with one of the most intriguing coaching spots on people's radar, the Carolina Panthers, because they it's talent on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, you, you have to figure out the quarterback situation. Do you want to keep Cam? Do you not want to keep Cam? Are you going to go after a young quarterback that a head coach would like to groom, or would you like to get like a Teddy Bridgewater type, uh, a veteran QB that can sustain uh, being around Christian McCaffrey? They got young, really good receivers, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. Um, So this can go in a lot of different ways, but I think like a Mike McCarthy, I think that would kind of be an intriguing pick, a head coach that's, that's been around the game, won a Super Bowl, and, and kind of, you know, he, he knows this stuff. You know, he knows what he is. And you're going to feel comfortable selecting Mike McCarthy. You're going to know what you're getting out of him. Moving on to the final job on this list. We started off the show with him. I feel like we, we're going to end the show talking about them uh, once again. Your Dallas Cowboys, Kennedy Miller, Jason Garrett. Ding dong. Jason Garrett is gone. Thank God. So, Kennedy Miller, who would you like to see as the head coach of your much maligned Dallas Cowboys. Listen, so Jason Garrett's career record as a Cowboys head coach, I want to say is 85 and 67. Okay. So that projects to a average of like nine wins a year. 
nine and seven is like his average. Eight and eight, nine and seven is what he usually goes. So, you know how I just said we, the Panthers would like to get Mike McCarthy because they know what they. I, I don't want Mike McCarthy. I, I wouldn't want a Mike McCarthy or a, a Ron Rivera for the Dallas Cowboys. I need. We need a splash because we are the Dallas Cowboys. We don't need just a, a, a run-of-the-mill, recycled coach that's been around. No, we need to take a chance, and we need to hire somebody, whether it's a proven coach, i.e. a Sean Payton, or we need to go after, like, a college coach. Like, maybe a, a Matt Ruler. Or a, uh, a, I don't know if I want Lincoln Riley or Urban Meyer. <laughs> just my thoughts. Just on your wish list? Just my thoughts. I The Cowboys don't, we're not just going to go and get like, oh, Ron Rivera is the head coach. Of, no, it's not splashy enough. Because here's my thing, and this is what I've always been saying, ever since I've been saying Jason Garrett should be fired for years now. If the Dallas Cowboys had a head coach opening, how many people you know would want to drop their jobs and coach the Dallas Cowboys? Because if you have success coaching the Dallas Cowboys, you're getting a statue. You're getting in the Cowboys ring of honor. You're getting in the Hall of Fame. You're getting a gold jacket. It's a very intriguing job, and it's not many better than it in all of sports if you have success. If you have success. And that's been the like operative word there, if, right? So the if there is, is is very, very important, but also let's consider a few things, right? Since we can say Jimmy Johnson quit and they hired Barry Switzer, mm-hmm. Jerry Jones seems, in my, at least in my opinion, as if he wants to be seen as if he's a football guy. Jerry Jones wants a lot of the publicity, a lot of the accolades for building this team, for doing, you know, he just doesn't want to be the money behind the operation. He wants to be seen as yeah. a football and, guy. And that's, the, that's, and that's been part. one of the problems is that Jimmy Johnson gets tired of just Jerry meddling around, right? Bill Parcells is tired of Jerry meddling around. He's like, man, I ain't got to deal with this. But the other three or four coaches, Chan Gailey, Dave Campo, Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, excuse me. Jerry Jones wants a guy that will do what he says. Yeah. And, like, not real. like, Jay, Jerry Jones still wants a ton of input. So a guy like, in my opinion, like Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley college coaches, Lincoln Riley the Kang in Oklahoma at this point, right? Like, he would go to a more stressful job, a more stressful environment de- dealing with the Dallas Cowboys. Because think about it, in Oklahoma, right? He is the boss. Yeah, like, I mean. he, he really don't report to the athletic director. Lincoln Riley's the boss at Ohio State. Urban Meyer was the boss. And now Urban Meyer has to deal with somebody on the sidelines, giving in. How many owners do you know give post game interviews? How many owners are doing radio bits on the local sports radio AM station, right? Like, so it's some of those things. And other thing on Urban Meyer, reason Urban Meyer shouldn't take that job, Urban Meyer might die. Yeah. And I mean, like, he's left two jobs because of, because of health reasons, and they say he has like a couple of cysts on his brain like we've seen urban meyer go down during a game like for his own sake like legitimately like, i'm being yeah. dead serious hey man i don't want to see nobody die right and that job seems quite stressful but as far as what coach they maybe potentially should get i don't necessarily think the splashy hire might be the best thing for them now will jerry make a splashy hire yes because that's who he is but you know Think about it. They don't need a lot. Like, they don't need, like, a ton of, you know, they just need just the little things with the Cowboys. It's not like they lack talent or they lack this or they lack that. It's legitimately discipline, focus, attention to detail. Those sorts of things that make an 8-8 eight and eight team and a 12-4 and four team different. All right? Now, they've said they've thrown out the name, like, Dan Campbell. What's a cowboy? I don't want former cowboys. I want somebody that comes in with a new mind. And besides Sean Payton, besides Sean Payton, yeah. over like how you how much would they have to pay Sean Payton uh, to they, leave New Orleans? It would have to be along the lines of what Tampa Bay gave Oakland to get John Gruden, like three draft picks and like, twenty million dollars, like two firsts, two seconds, some money. But if you do that, you give up a really steep price. You win a Super Bowl or two. Is it worth it? 
Hell yeah. Now, I will ask, because... It's very far-fetched. I'm not saying it's yeah. likely. To, it's very far-fetched. But if you want to play like devil's advocate, how much longer is Drew Brees going to be in a Saints uniform? Where do we really go from here, especially if Teddy Bridgewater gets a much-needed bag this summer and yeah. goes to a team and, and becomes a starter? So, you know, what direction are the Saints going in post-Drew Brees, you know, with just like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara? Still an intriguing team. Yeah. But – you have a chance to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. You've been there before, so you kind of know how it operates already. So it wouldn't be any surprises to you. And then you have a, a young core of Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. Let's hope they pay Amari Cooper. And then a still fairly good offensive line. I was going to say they may be young, but they won't be young and expensive much longer. Right? Yeah. Like you've paid your running back $90 million. You're going to end up having to either franchise tag Dak Prescott twice and then figure out what you're going to do with him from there. Uh, as far as as far as far Amari Cooper goes, I might be inclined to let Amari Cooper walk. Like, legitimately. Because if I can't have you on the field in the biggest moments of the season, if you are a no-show in five, six, you know, half of our ball games, I cannot reasonably justify paying you 18 and $19 million a year because – how many receivers in the NFL are better than Amari Cooper? Like, legitimately. Is he a top 10 receiver? Could be. At, like, 10. Could, like, you know, he's, like, right on that. But here's the thing. Okay. And here's what here's what justifies it. Okay. Talk to him. Is that, good God, we were putrid before he got there. As far as how Dak Prescott looked, how the offense looked, he gets there, one receiver, one receiver, what they have. 11 more games in the season or 10 more games and they only lose one more this last year at their peak they have a connection to where you really don't want to mess that relationship up and when they're playing well i don't know if amari cooper was dealing with injuries you know he kept getting mris on his knees his foot this year but he looks like a top five route runner when he is fully healthy he got shut down by Stephon Gilmore. No question about that. But in terms of everybody else, I mean, he looked really, really good. And he was destroying NFC East defensive backs. He was running against Cleveland Scott, wasn't he? Oh, Boston Scott don't play defense, does he? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why, for some reason, I think everybody who plays for the Eagles now is Boston Scott. But we got to leave it right there. It'll be interesting to see who the Cowboys bring in because, Lord have mercy knows, if they would have kept Jason Garrett, it would have been a riot. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I would have been done. You know, I don't believe you. I really don't. I would have been done. I, I can't do that. I can't I can't sit up there for a whole nother year fake supporting Jason Garrett and the product that he's putting out on the field. Can't do it. What did, what did Mike Singletary say? Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't coach him. Jason Garrett is who you thought he was. He, he's exactly who I thought he was, and I, and we let him off the hook for too for too long. Rest in peace to Denny Green. Rest in peace, Denny Green. We got to leave it right there. But coming up next is the final segment of the Game Plan Podcast. We're gonna pick NFL Wild Card Week. We're gonna pick the games. Coming up next, you don't want to miss it. This is the Game Plan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can find me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Getting that's on Twitter, Alex Goodwin TSMT, as in Taco Charlton, S as in Sam Darnold, M as in Matt Barkley, Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? Underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, that's underscore Kennedy. As in the former president, John F., and the former wrestler, John F. Kennedy. Hold on. What? Did that. I say that wrong? Yes. He said the former. 
My apologies. My apologies, fans. Underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. And I'll do this again. Underscore Kennedy, as in the former president, John F. And the former wrestler, Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy Miller underscore. All right. My all brain was on autopilot right there. <laughs> it's all good, baby. Last thing of the other show. Nakashay. <laughs> Nakasha. I feel good. Jam. <laughs> Last segment of the program this week. Uh, it's NFL Wild Card Weekend. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pick mm-hmm. ourselves some games. Our Both of our records collectively have not been good this year. Like we, yeah. We've left a lot to be desired, both of us. But hopefully we can redeem ourselves with a decent with, with decent playoff prediction. So let's get it cracking. Houston at Buffalo. Excuse, excuse me, Buffalo at Houston. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills. I'm a Texans fan, but I don't trust these guys. Second Metro don't trust Bill O'Brien and the Texans. Like week in and week out, you don't know which Texans team you are going to get. Right? One week. They almost they almost come from behind victory against the Saints, right? Week, week after one. that, you know, beat the, put the put the beats to the Patriots. The next week, you get run by the Denver Broncos, right? James Winston throws 50, 11 interceptions, and you only win by three, right? Like week in and week out, you don't know which which Texans team you're going to get. Mm-hmm. I think DeAndre Hopkins and Tre'Davious White's going to be a great matchup. Will Fuller's not going to play, I don't think, right? So who is that second guy going to be able to throw the ball to? Is going to be one of those tight ends that's played really well this year. You know, are you know Hyde and Duke Johnson? Are they going to be able, going to be able to give you? But ultimately, this Texans team just isn't consistent enough for my liking. I'm going to go with the Bills, even though I don't want to. I totally agree. Um, under Bill O'Brien, the Texans only have one playoff win, and that's beating the Raiders in 2016 with no Derek Carr. Um, you know, against starting quarterbacks in the playoffs, they're 0 three, including what happened to them last year. At home when Indianapolis came to town. Um, this Bills team is, is very good defensively. Like you said, the Tredavious White on DeAndre Hopkins matchup will be interesting. I saw like a stat the Bills are the second best team in the NFL behind the Patriots and taking away number one receivers. And they're also the best in the AFC and not giving up big plays. So I think it's I think it's going to be a good game. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but I think that where the Texans have holes, the Bills have strengths. The Texans aren't really good uh, defending the run. The Bills are ranked eighth in the NFL in rush offense. So I, I, I'm i going to roll with the, the Bills here. <sighs> Tennessee at New England is also another Saturday night game. Um. Despite the fact that New England has documented issues on offense, poor offensive line, they have a group of number two or number three or number four receivers out there. Muhammad Sanu is not a number one guy. You know, issues at running back, you know, because that poor offensive line can't really run the ball particularly well. They've started putting a Landon Roberts at fullback, so that, you know, helped get some things going there. But, you know, still, this is – and Tom Brady's also – you've seen, seen noticeable slippage here. So – all of that would lead okay. most to say. I was waiting to see where you were going with this. Wisdom was saying, I, we were supposed to pick the Tennessee Titans to win this game. But time and time again, when conventional wisdom has said, pick the opposing team, the New England Patriots have found ways to get it done. Yeah. More times than not. So because they're at home, because it's Belichick and the crew, they've made fools out of me way too many times. Exactly. I, I got to go with New England. I think it'll be a really close one. I think New England wins this game by two points. But they find a way to win, as they've consistently done for the past two decades. Yeah, I. the Titans are a really good team. And I think this is like a record how many years in a row they've went nine and seven. But they made a change. They took out Marcus Mariota, put in Ryan Tannehill, who's quietly got the best passer rating in the NFL. And they also have the league's leading rusher and Derrick Henry. I just don't believe, like you, that, for one, New England is going to lose on a wild card weekend at home, which would be losing two games in a row at Foxborough. I don't think that that's going to happen, and I don't think that um, – I don't think the the Titans have the, the defensive line to disrupt Brady. You know, we've seen a formula. If you have your, your front four, if they can get to Brady, it can, it can cause problems for him. I don't think they have a front four uh, that's enough to kind of disrupt where Brady – 
uh, can do in the pocket. They're three and three in in first in in first week games in in the playoffs, and they're three and three this year against playoff teams. So it's going to be a very I think it's going to be a really good game, and I think a lot of people have put money on the Titans to upset the Patriots this year. Moving on to our Sunday slate, we've got Minnesota at New Orleans. Kennedy, who you got? I think that's going to be a blowout. Like you're you're telling me that Minnesota is going to New Orleans two years after the what is a Minneapolis miracle? Yeah, and the Saints are like on a seven game winning streak. Dalvin Cook is probable with a, a shoulder injury. Their linebacker, I think Michael Kendricks, is coming off an injury. Yeah. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. For the, I would be terrified to play the Saints right now. Like they're they're hitting on all cylinders. I think the Vikings record is like one in four um, this year against like postseason teams or teams with a above five hundred record. They don't stand a chance. I'm gonna go Saints by two touchdowns. Uh, biggest reason why every everything you just said, you know, and here's the craziest part about the NFC and how good it is this year. The New Orleans Saints won 13 ball games in their playing this weekend correct most times 13 wins will get you a number one seed or at least a you know buy at the bare minimum they're playing this weekend and this is the only probably probably the only home game they're gonna have you know if they get to the super bowl right as far as the vikings are concerned kirk cousins is 0 15 when playing teams that have a winning percentage over 70 percent yep i think that's going to be 0 16 the Saints at home are simply too good. Michael Thomas is like, looks, looks like the best receiver in the in the NFL at this point. That is that is one game that I would bet a lot of money on being right about. I agree. Last game of the weekend, we've got Seattle and Philadelphia. Kenny Miller, Seahawks. Um. There is a stat, and Carson Wentz isn't the normal first-time playoff quarterback, but first-time quarterbacks are 8-15 and 15 in their first game in this decade. I think Carson Wentz makes that 8-16 and 16 for, for him. I, I mean, if they were fully healthy, it would be different. If they had everybody, it would be different. But Deshaun Jackson's already been ruled out. Boston Scott is questionable. Zach Ertz is questionable. Well, Cleveland uh, Scott ain't going to play. I think either Boston Scott or Miles Sanders, one of their running backs, is questionable. Uh, their their right tackle, Brandon Brooks, is out. Peters is still out. Like, I mean, they – but it's not like Seattle is fully healthy either. I think Jadavian Clowney is questionable. But Seattle is the best road team in the NFL. They've only lost one game this year on the road. They play extremely well on the road. And I think Russell Wilson's a better quarterback. So, um, I think the Seahawks are going to win. I think even though – Philadelphia's at home, and I think just at home, like that home crowd energy, and it's going to be freezing cold out there. Mm-hmm. It's going to give Philadelphia a boost, not enough of a boost to help them win the game, because I think you know when the margins get slim, as it does in playoff time, because it's single elimination, right? Big, your best. Who are your best players, and who are their best players? Can you stop their best players, and can your best players not be stopped? Um, the Eagles' best players outside of Carson Wentz are Greg Ward and uh. Boston Scott. Man, we've given Boston Scott a whole lot of love today. Uh, yeah, we are. Miles Sanders. Like, those are their three guys, right? Yes. And if, and Zach Ertz, if he Zach plays. It, but, you know, he's got a ruptured kidney. It was his crazy. ribs. I think we, we popped his ribs. I heard it was a kidney. Like, I heard it was something like that. Oh, I, I don't care about the Eagles. Go ahead. Either way, I think they're just – they've been decimated. And the fact that they've made it to this point is like just, I would say, you know, victory enough. But I think their luck kind of runs out on Sunday afternoon. So I'm going to go Seahawks. It'll still be a very good game, but I think Philadelphia's going to struggle to score. So I'm going to give a score 24-14. to 14. Okay. Seattle. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time here today on the Game Plan Podcast. I got to thank Kennedy Miller for joining me. And first off, Kennedy, thank you for coming here and bearing your soul to the people. You know, and kind of, you seem like you had a lot of just like just negative energy built up in you from the Cowboys over the past couple of months. 
Listen, uh, to all the people that are listening out here, you know, everybody's saying 2020, new year, new me. Keep praying for me. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to be better. And I'm trying to make it as a Cowboys fan, but it, it's tough. So I, I need your prayers, everybody. Thank you. Once again, the Game Plan Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Velvet Noir BC, Velvet Noir Beard Care Products. Again, get yourself any three products for $33. Any three products for $33. Use that promo code GPTSM on your next order. Get that free standard shipping. Velvet Noir BC, top two? Not two. This has been the Game Plan Podcast. We will see you next time.